Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. Under the radar. You're listening to Money FM 89.3, and it's now time for Under the Radar with me, Chua Tiantian. Now, how sustainable is humor as a value proposition? Now, that's the question we want to ask our interviewee today. Now, our guest for today is from Hetmill Media Group. You might better know them as the parent company of leading comedy brands such as SGAC. MGEC and PGEC. Now, Hetmill Media Group, which first started connecting with Singaporeans through localized humor, iconic memes, and videos posted on SGEC, has since grown to a network of companies and creators that engages and entertains millennials and Gen Z. Now, more recently, Hetmill Media Group also launched a joint venture with US digital media company called Ben Pixels to better connect esports content creators in Singapore, Malaysia, Indonesia, and the Philippines. With brands, but how does the company define the market it is in, and what is it doing to ensure that it has the last laugh? Well, let's find out more from Carl Mark, co-founder and CEO of Hetmill Media Group. Carl, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm so excited, Carl. Most of us will be fairly familiar with Sgeg and Hetmill, but we want to hear from you. Tell us more about Hetmill Media Group, your value proposition, business model, as well as the products and services you provide. Sure. Well, Hetmill Media Group is really a network of tech media companies that we started across Southeast Asia, really focused on the millennial and Gen Z category, where we want to deliver and curate the best content for this generation. Um, it started off, as you clearly pointed, as SGAG, and since then we have moved into different countries, providing different layers of services to advertisers, ultimately helping them to connect with this generation that consumes very differently, uh, creates very differently, and enjoys products that are very, very different from other generations. So at a core, that's what we do. Right. And uh, which geographical markets is Hetmill Media Group in right now? Who are who would you say are your main customers at this point in time and what services are they looking out for? Currently, we're in six markets in Southeast Asia, Singapore, Malaysia, Indonesia, Philippines, Thailand and Vietnam. Um, I would say we are a B2B2C company. So from a revenue perspective, we work primarily with businesses, brands and agencies are our main clientele. But in terms of who we actually uh, sign on and reach at the end of the day, we have two segments. We have our own audiences that we uh, gather onto our platforms, our social media pages that watch our content, but we also have started working with content creators. So I would say maybe to fully, fully put it, it's B2B to C to C. Right, B2B to C to C. Wow, that's quite a lot to digest. So, Carl, how do you define the market you're in? Are you considered as a content creator yourself? Or a media company that's that's focused on advertising in particular, uh, talking about memes, sponsored posts and content? Or are you a talent manager managing like TikTok and social media talents across the region? That's a great question. I think when we ask ourselves that question, uh, I think the reality is we're a bit of everything. I think the rea- the new media market is certainly quite different in the way we bucket and define things. Uh, lines are quite great and lines are often blur. I would say we started as content creators ourselves, which really started from the SGAC journey, regionalizing into the other countries. But over time, we found ourselves in a position where we have learned so much. We have understood how to make content that serves this audience. And we wanted to become a platform for both content creators and for advertisers to be able to work with us and handhold them into telling better stories through brand stories, through telling better uh, video content, 
creating better video content to help them reach their respective target audiences. And I think over time, we've evolved as a creator into becoming a platform. We still publish a lot of content on our own, but we have also started partnering with a lot of creators to help them do better on their journeys, also with brands to reach this generation through the creators and through content. So I would say we're a bit of everything. Uh, it's certainly a new model that has come up in the industry. Right. And uh, behind all that wacky skits, uh, which we really enjoy, I must say, Carl, uh, Hatmill Media Group has made some serious money since inception. You have made $5.2 million in revenue in 2020 and over $812,000 in profits. Uh, that being said, how sustainable is humour as a value proposition? And I understand Hatmill Media, you're raising funds, you're expanding into new arenas like esports of late. Is this the reason behind that diversification? Absolutely. I think humor was really a starting point. And I think humor has also moved into what we define as general entertainment. At the end of the day, I think everybody loves a good laugh and general entertainment to humor is also quite great because you could be watching a variety show, but there are certainly comedic and humorous elements in the show. But ultimately, we call it a variety show. And I think for us, that has reached a point where internally we are asking ourselves what more can we do because we work with a lot of creatives and talented individuals that have ideas not just in the area of general entertainment and comedy and we also certainly started working with creators that are not in the comedy space so over the years we have really expanded our verticals of content and creators that we work with we have been learning a lot we have been experimenting a lot and we've been launching a lot of different formats of content and will continue to do so on our publishing arm but in terms of working with creators we have certainly defined ourselves to be vertical agnostic uh, as you mentioned esports was one that we entered about two years ago we have also begun to push really into beauty and food uh, regionally because i think the commonality that all the creators face are the same. They have typically high views, low monetization, and that's where brands also struggle to understand how do I best work with these individuals? And that's the value that we found us being able to provide to this group, understanding how to integrate storytelling into a brand goal. I think that's where we really found ourselves shining. So I think, yeah, definitely looking to expand verticals, expand services that we provide into publishing and content creators. And I think that's the ultimate aim for us. Granted that comedy is in every part of our lives, be it uh, food, as you mentioned, esports, perhaps. And uh, would you say that moving into specific verticals like food, like for instance, uh, beauty, would be more sustainable and uh, more predictable? Because humor is something that is very subjective, right? If people receive it well, then that's good. But if not, it is very subjective as to how you should be tweaking your content, isn't it? I would say definitely if you look at this metric uh, of which vertical absorbs the highest level of monetization from a content perspective, humor is probably one of the lowest ones. But in terms of viewership, humor usually stands out as the top, right? So you have this category where it's very high viewership, but very low monetization or challenging at monetization. I would say on the other hand, you would have other verticals that might not have such high views, but monetization demand and monetization absorption, absorption is certainly on the high side. And I think that's where we want to blend it into a strategy where overall, what would a user consume at the end of the day? 
with new algorithms that you see on platforms like TikTok, you don't have to be defined by a vertical that you like. Like Twitch is only mainly gaming and streaming. But you go to these platforms like YouTube and, and TikTok, a user would be watching verticals, cross verticals in a single session. And I think that's where we want to be, kind of being able to power on the back end all these creators and all the brands involved with these creators. We see that as an opportunity that has shared learnings, shared insights, and a lot of commonalities across the different verticals that people don't actually see on the back end. And that's kind of where we want to be because we've been on the front end for a long time and we will continue to be on the front end. But as you said, it is a challenging environment with comedy because especially things are funny to different people and there are some borders and lines that you can't cross when it comes to comedy. And so we found ourselves pivoting to become more of the back end, empowering content creators, even though we might not be the largest or have a beauty section mm. on our own. We have some commonalities to be able to share and empower them to do their best work. Right, if you're just tuning in, we're now in conversation with Carl Mark, co-founder and CEO of Hatmill Media Group. Well, Carl, how sustainable is it for Hatmill to be targeting millennials and Gen Z, given their spending power, that's number one. And given that, number two, uh, one day Gen Z and millennials, they will start to grow older and their responsibilities will change, how they consume the media will change. Will you grow old with your target consumers or will you target the next generation if so, how would you retain that golden touch to make the next generation laugh? Great question. I think for us, we start when we started. Uh, the business, we were kind of that young generation. And as I've been doing this for the last eight years, I have now become the the older generation in the business. I think to your mm -hmm. question, we think of it in two ways. Certainly, the audiences that have grown old with us in that sense will continue to be served by us because they are the ones who have sort of fell in love with our content, continue to support us over the years, and we evolve to continue to serve them. I think their consumption patterns in the older millennial generation has also changed, right? I think it is not constant. I think the disruption of what people watch, how they watch, when they watch, what they watch has also changed because of the technological environment, because of the algorithms that come, because of the macro uh, landscape. But I think to your other question, how we serve the younger audience is certainly by hiring the younger generation. I think one of the things that we stumbled upon was really young people have really this eye of knowing what's trending globally. They pick up trends really quickly. They, they understand popular culture in a pace and in a depth that you know older millennials don't and i think that is just a generational thing that we see not just with millennials and gen z's but also maybe before that with the boomers to to the previous generations it's just a cultural way of how young people consume content and i think for us we constantly think about serving the next generation with new platforms new technology new formats we need to work with young people so in our organization our average age currently is about 25 to 27 years old we have a lot of first jobbers who are either out of uh, poly, out of uni, maybe even out of high school for some of the regional teams where they come in and they really bring their perspectives to the table for us to be able to create content that makes sense to their generation, right? We certainly can't apply a formula where we have a much older generation trying to bridge that gap to Gen Zs. I don't think that necessarily works for us. We think about mm. serving Gen Zs. And so a big part of our team is Gen Zs and we will continue to evolve. So now I think ESGAG does reach an older audience, but we we certainly have a generation of creators that we have worked with that reaches a very much Gen Z audience on platforms like TikTok that, uh, you know, we never would have planned for a couple of years ago. 
So I want to touch on this topic. Uh, we, we talk about wanting to reach out to younger audience and all of that. All of that will need money, right? And so let's talk about raising funds. Hatmill raised 10 million US dollars in Series A funding led by Quest Ventures, Tomasic Unit, Pavilion Capital, and a US digital company called Bend Pixels in 2021. How have you used the funding so far? So fundraising is always a very sticky topic because, uh, you know, there's certainly a different season of fundraising in 2023. We were quite lucky to be able to secure the funds sometime in 2021 when the macro environment was a lot more favorable in terms of fundraising. But I think the intention of fundraising really is for us to be able to experiment a lot more, expand regionally, because I think having that war chest to be able to deploy into experiments, deploy into new markets is something that we've always been quite careful on because we were unsure about how far this business would have gone when we first started. You know, it was an experiment or an accident that uh, my co-founder and I stumbled upon. But operating this for the last seven to eight years, we've really found a, a confidence and a clear vision of where this could really be going because I think uh, the landscape has evolved a lot and it will continue to evolve in media where young people are just changing their consumption patterns every few years. And I think we need to be able to have that watch has to, to be agile, to be able to deploy, create new formats, create new services, create new verticals for to serve our audience. And I think that's why having the opportunity to partner with our investors has certainly given us that itch to be able to deploy into experiments that, that we otherwise wouldn't have been able mm. to do with our own profits or with our own earnings. And I think that's something that I think we are very, very happy with. Yeah, and on that note, you have formed a joint venture with one of your investors, Ben Pixels, to connect esports creators with brands. Uh, what's the status right now? So when we looked at BenPixels, they're an LA-based uh, multi-channel network that has signed and worked with some of the largest global esports creators. And when we talked to them at the early stages, we understood this very interesting problem, which I mentioned earlier. Um, esports and gaming on digital platforms like YouTube has a very high view count, but a very low monetization because a lot of these players, they stream all day. They spend most of their time online uh, in front of their cameras and they don't actually have time to maybe work on branded content or be in commercials. So struggling with monetization seems to be a common theme that we see. And being able to work with them uh, in Southeast Asia has been interesting because Southeast Asia, that problem is even greater where we talk to a lot of these esports teams. They might be winning championships. They might have the best players in a particular game like Mobile Legends, but monetization remains a, a big challenge. It's usually very spiky. It will spike up if they win a tournament prize money. But unlike traditional sports like soccer or basketball, where there is very strong monetization layers through broadcast rights, through team sponsorships, esports and gaming seems to be very fluctuating in nature. And we are seeing how we can sort of bridge that gap by helping to integrate a more sustainable revenue stream through placed media on their YouTube channels that is going to be more consistent in their sort of revenue generation. So that's been a very interesting journey for us. We currently work with some of the largest teams in Indonesia and Philippines, and I think we're looking to really deepen that offering in these two countries. Right. And uh, before we let you go, uh, Carl, Hermil said in 2021 that it hoped to double its headcount within the span of a year and expand into Thailand and Vietnam. What's the status right now and what are some plans for this year? So we've been quite 
fortunate, I think, to be able to continue to hire people to help us grow into the region as uh, even though we've seen macro headwinds through 22 to 23, we have actually doubled our headcount. Currently, I think we're closing in on about 200 people across the region uh, with Thailand and Vietnam switching on for us uh, last August. Uh, so I think this has something that, that we are going to continue to focus on uh, as we are careful with the macro headwinds globally. Uh, I think we are also optimistic that Southeast Asia continues to be a strong growth center for the world economy, especially in the creative field, in the creative vertical. I think that continues to be growing and, and strong demand seems to be the case. So I think we will be moving ahead with our expansion plans and, and really growing these infants that we have across the group into hopefully stronger, more resilient business as we enter into 2023 and 2024. But I think a lot of learning for us because it's our first foray into some of these markets. But we've been fortunate also because the job market right now has a lot of talent and we just need to be careful in how we sort of plan out our next steps. Right. Thanks very much, Carl. That was Carl Mark, co-founder and CEO of Hepmill Media Group. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.